Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. As the stigma around topics like PMS, menopause, and sexual wellness slowly fades, an accelerated consumer demand is emerging. We're hearing more open and positive conversations about these areas, and if you walked the floor at Expo West recently, you likely saw a lot more targeted solutions that cater to women's health needs. But in order for these products to succeed, they need scientific validation. That's where my next guest comes in. Joining me now is Citrus Labs CEO and co-founder Suzanne Mitschke. Hi, Suzanne, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me. So you and your co-founders call yourselves serial entrepreneurs, and you were involved in the healthcare and tech space before. So how did you all decide to start a CRO? So I have been working in clinical trials all of my life and have seen the many inefficiencies and big pharma with multi-center studies. And the inefficiencies often start you know, with study design, then they typically continue with recruitment and study execution. You have a lot of people working on these studies and, you know, a lot of researchers are working on the studies and often make it make them unnecessarily complex. And as a result, studies end up costing a lot more than what was initially planned and also take significantly longer uh, than what was planned. And I then had the idea for Citrus Labs when actually two of my friends started their brands. One started a skincare brand and another one a supplement brand. Both of them wanted to have clinical research from the start to substantiate their claims and they both received several quotes and frankly I couldn't believe what I saw, what these companies quoted them for very simple studies. In the case you know, of this, this skincare brand, it was actually a consumer perception study. So I decided that I would help them. Both of them were over the moon when they got their results and uh, then they recommended us to their friends. And then, you know, these friends conducted studies with us and um, they were happy, recommended us again. And this is how we grew. And uh, we are now working here with a lot of friends in the health and wellness industry. Okay, wow, what a story. And so it sounds like you took your skill set and kind of applied it and I guess streamlined the process. What were some of the biggest things that you cut out that tends to waste a lot of money? To start recruitment, I think is a big, you know, issue in clinical studies. Uh, recruitment budgets are huge. Typically it takes a long time to recruit the right participants and to find the right participants. It also takes you know a lot of money. We automated uh, the process of uh, recruitment and then you know the just the how many people are actually working on these studies is typically also also a mess and what what we do with uh, citrus labs is you know just like a traditional cro we conduct studies from start to finish but we automated most parts of the process so basically we are putting technology where humans use to do all of the work okay that makes sense you mentioned your friends have uh, supplement brands, skincare lines, and one thing that you focus is on women's health, right? Yep, we do a lot of women's health studies. What would you say are some of the trends that you're seeing among women's health? Yeah, so 
Obviously, as a woman, this topic is very close to my heart. And as you know, women's health has been more or less neglected by traditional Western medicine. And now we are seeing you know, conversations happening around women's health topics like PMS, menopause, sexual wellness. And most of it is really coming down to the booming wellness industry. And, you know, several supplements are targeting PMS symptoms like mood swings, hormonal acne. We also have seen products that support period pain, that support cycle regularity. And then going one step ahead, a lot of them are now also starting to look at menopause and helping to alleviate, for example, frequency, severity of heart flashes, helping with sleep, uh, something that many women, unfortunately, struggle with. And then... Lastly, we are seeing a big rise in sexual wellness. And I think the past decades, it was really about man's health and man's pleasure, you know, the little blue pill. And mm -hmm. this is something that is definitely changing. Not only we're seeing a lot of, you know, toy companies for women, we're also seeing many companies helping women to get in the mood to feel more pleasure during intimacy and, you know, have a better time when they are intimate with a partner or even alone. And we are seeing here a lot of supplements, but also, you know, oils or suppositories. Just looking at some of these ingredients for women's, say, libido, what ingredients stand out to you among the research that you've done? We actually have seen a lot of CBD in the space. Um, really? Because I think it, yeah, I think it often comes down to women not being in the moment, not being relaxed. And then CBD helps them to relax more and to just feel more pleasure because they're more in the moment. Interesting. Okay, that's good to know. I've read a little bit about ashwagandha. Yeah, I think uh, CBD, uh, some companies moved away from CBD, but it is still like, a, a really big topic. Yeah, um, with the regulatory challenges, I, I can't say I blame them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then speaking of challenges, what challenges do you encounter um, when you're doing your research? So frankly, it's a, it's a challenge, but also a good thing. We do work with a lot of brands that, you know, that have really amazing products. And especially in women's health, you know, many women want to participate in these studies because they want to try new products. They want to see if they can get some help with, you know, specific symptoms they are experiencing. And we can't enroll everybody in these clinical studies. Uh, we have very strict screeners. We have a set of inclusion exclusion criteria. And if somebody's not passing the pre-screener, then we can't enroll them. And frankly, um, we're in the situation that, for example, for a simple women's health study, we can enroll participants in a couple of hours and fill the study. And oftentimes women are mad at us. <laughs> because either they don't qualify or they were too late. They didn't see you know, the email coming through that. We have a new study that opened. Um, but on the other side, a challenge is also that we work with a lot of brands that don't understand research. They treat it as you know, any other marketing campaign. For example, you know, we, we work with a lot of brands that are under time pressure. They need their results yesterday basically for example you know they need results in four weeks but they want to run an IRB 
approved study with an intervention period of six weeks, of eight weeks. And then, you know, brands are trying to look for shortcuts, which is obviously not the best thing in research and brings us in rather dangerous territory. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're not asking for much, are they? (laughs) (laughs) And my next question was going to be, is it difficult to recruit women? But it sounds like it's quite the opposite for you. Yeah, it's uh, recruitment really is our bread and butter. We're really good at it. It obviously always depends on the inclusion exclusion criteria. But, you know, as I mentioned, standard women's health study, we can recruit in a couple of hours. But for example, if we have a study that is looking at PCOS and we need to recruit women that are diagnosed with PCOS, but also, you know, have imbalances with blood sugar, for example, and hormonal acne, then this obviously gets a little bit more challenging. But typically, we always have more women that want to participate in these studies as we have actually seats in the study. Okay, well, not a bad problem to have. Are there any surprises that you've come across in your research? Any surprises? Most of these products actually work. (laughs) I think this is a, it's a, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise, but sometimes it, it really is a, is a big surprise when, you know, we're running randomized control studies against the placebo and, you know, the products from ingredients don't look as strong to us. But, you know, oftentimes these companies have been around for a while. They have tremendous anecdotal data, but obviously there's always the, not really an issue, but, you know, they it could be a placebo effect, right? Mm-hmm. When you're taking a supplement, but then, you know, they take, they are basically putting their products to the test and testing it against a placebo, sometimes also against a, a control group. And when we see statistical significant results from against the placebo, that is not really surprising to us, but it always makes us very, very happy. Yeah, it has to be nice to be able to validate something that you've saw, like you said, anecdotal evidence from to actually be able to have the data and prove it. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of companies, they have their testimonials, they have their reviews. But often we we sometimes talk to companies that are actually not sure if their products work (laughs) because they have they only have this data and they, you know, sometimes it, it. for them, even it it feels like this this must be too good to be true because it's a supplement. But then, obviously, you know you can help also with study design that you recruit your know, specific participants based on inclusion exclusion criteria. And then, you know, it's it's always great to see when products actually work. Yeah, and I don't know if you're allowed to disclose this, but are there any brands that you can talk about that you've worked with? Yeah, absolutely. For example, Zemain, Zemain Health, they have several supplements supporting women's health around PMS, but also menopause, general well-being. We also work with uh, Dame. Uh, they created the supplement to get in the mood. Uh, Hum Nutrition, we tested their menopause supplement. And um, also Foria. Uh, Foria is you know, approaching sexual wellness from a different angle which is oils and uh, suppositories that should help with intimacy. And what is their biggest reason when you speak with them? Why are they opting for this clinical validation? Is that something that consumers are demanding? Consumers are demanding it, but I think it's also around competitive advantage. Everybody can start a brand. 
and it, that's not only true for women's health, but any brands and any category. Uh, and then brands opt for clinical validation because they want to take their company to the next level and also want to create transparency for uh, consumers. Brands that typically invested in a clinical study are also transparent about it. And then they get the upper hand in terms of competition. Others are also looking to be taken more serious by the medical community. We are seeing that especially with brands that are physician-led. Typically, the goal for these brands is publishing their results in a respective journal, presenting their study at conferences. And for most of them, it is frankly just about sales, you know, increased sales through research backing and using these studies as a PR or marketing tool. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned PCOS, PMS, menopause, sexual wellness. When you look at all these different categories, which one would you say is the most promising? Which one has the brightest future? I think it's the women's health category as a whole. It's not just just one area. And Mm -hmm. I think that brands really empower themselves while dealing with the stigma of we don't talk about women's health, we only talk about men's health, but now everybody is talking about women's health, about sexual wellness, about you know issues only women have, like PCOS, for example, or period pain or PMS. And at the same time, this empowers then also you know women to talk about their sexual health and their well-being. And it's like this whole ripple effect so created by brands, created by women. And then I would say that the research is then the cherry on the cake because, you know, brands don't just have anecdotal data and testimonials and website reviews. They now also have research to actually back up that their products work. Uh, research that is conducted by an unbiased third party. And that also includes objective data measurement as proof that their products actually work. Mm -hmm. So just looking back on your career when you worked in healthcare, how has the conversation evolved over the years in terms of women's uh, health needs? In terms of women's health needs, I I think that women's health really wasn't a topic. Uh, Even like five, six, seven years ago, it wasn't really a topic. It's something that you know, was the unloved stepchild (laughs) (laughs) of uh, specifically traditional uh, medicine because it's complex, right? Every woman is different. And then, you know, some, you know, some have issues with period pain, others don't, others have PCOS, others have endometriosis and there's fibroids. And I think because the whole topic is so complex uh, and there was not a lot of funding this was like the opportunity for the wellness brands to actually fill that void yeah you mentioned a good point funding that's been such a problem for women in research why do you think that's changed so recently because it's everywhere now (laughs) it can't be overlooked anymore right it's it can't be ignored right exactly it's an agenda that women are pushing and you know we are now getting our voices heard And that is a a really good thing. And this is why, you know, we're getting more funding in uh, women's health, uh, but also because I think that wellness, the whole wellness industry really made this also happen 
because now we have supplements and even though they are not drugs, they do help women with their symptoms. And I think this is a really great step in the right direction. It is. And just you and I having this conversation, I think, is so important to the overall movement of, of women's health. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, especially even when you age as a as a woman, right? If you're, I'm in Los Angeles, if I'm looking at Hollywood, right? Until recently, there were not a lot of older women that were in movies that got amazing, amazing roles in, in these movies. And now, you know, there's more. Now there's also a debate around around menopause, what that means, what that means for the workplace, what that means for families, what that means for the for the women themselves. And I think this whole debate really created this ripple effect. It certainly has. And I, I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation. Before I let you go, is there anything new that you want to talk about? Any new research missions or, or plans for the future that you want to discuss? Yeah, so... Around Citrus Labs, we started to execute studies entirely on autopilot this year with no humans involved. Wow. Uh, we have humans who are monitoring the studies, of course, uh, but our automation runs studies. Uh, our software communicates with participants, sends them to go get their blood work, reminds them to take their products, reminds them to fill out questionnaires, diaries, take photos. And that's really awesome. And our next step is also to automate the whole creation of study protocols and also final reports with AI. And at this point, then, you know, obviously one of our principal investigators is still doing this right now manually. But then, you know, at the later step, hopefully it's just, again, overseeing and monitoring it. Wow, that is really exciting. Now, you said this is software. Is this using AI or what kind of technology are you employing for this? Yeah, we we are using AI. Um, and um, this year when we unleashed it, <laughs> when we unleashed it this year uh, with uh, one of our clients that um, has conducted already several studies with us, it was a wild card. We didn't know how this was going. Our client was fine with it just to try it out. And it worked amazing. Um, and now we are deploying it in um, most of our studies. Wow, that's exciting. You're going to have to stay in touch with me and keep me updated on how this is all playing out. I'm sure your clients are thrilled. Yeah, they are all super thrilled because now all of the studies, they really run on clockwork. Wow, that's so cool. Um what an exciting time to be alive and working in, at Citrus Labs, right? Absolutely. I would <laughs> definitely agree. <laughs> Citrus Labs CEO and co-founder, Suzanne Mitschke. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast and having such a great conversation about women's health with me. Thank you so much for having me. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.